Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on-demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses, and if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. Hi, I'm Theodore Lowry. Welcome to the Story Paths podcast. What is a story? A story could be a story from the Arabian Nights, for example, a small and fantastical tale with many twists and turns that upon reading it you think, did that really happen? Could that really happen? Was there really a giant bird that carried this merchant away and he found diamonds in the nest? Could that really happen? So that's one kind of story. And of course there's more realistic stories as well dramas that are set in contemporary times. And then, and this is more what I'd like to talk about today, there's personal stories, cultural stories, stories in the sense of worldview. So why is it that this same word story is used for tales that we make up or collect uh, together from pieces that happened and make it more fantastical and interesting and streamlined and so on. So these, this is one kind of story. Why is it we use the same word for the story of my life, the story of our times, the story of our culture? So I find Lord of the Rings to be a really good example, perhaps because it's, uh, it's well known and it's also a whole world, you know? Tolkien, he made up a whole world. And there's different races of beings in there, like orcs and dwarves and humans and elves and hobbits. And there's a history in there. There's a conception of divinity. Uh, there are different lineages, many languages and so on. Uh, and one interesting thing about Lord of the Rings, which not everybody knows, is that the idea is that what you're reading, Lord of the Rings, the books, is actually Bilbo Baggins, his account. So he's got a book and, you know, he account, he, he gives his own accounts. He did research uh, when he was staying with the elves and he heard from Frodo and he filled some parts in. And the idea is that this is all his account. Now, as such, you could say, well, this is not a objective, factual account of what happened in that fictional world. It's not an objective account, but it's Bilbo's account. It's his rendition. It's his version. 
from his own experience and from all that he's collected together from his research and people he's spoken to in the elven libraries and the elves and the Aragon and Frodo and all the rest of them. So this is his story of the world. And you might think, well, in that case, are the elves really objectively like that? Are they actually the way that he portrays them? You know, maybe the orcs aren't so bad <laughs> as, as he portrays them. Maybe he had a bad time with orcs. So in this way, you can think of that as his story of the world. Now, similarly, you can also say that each of us have stories of the world. Who is that other person? You know, who is that person you don't get along with? What kind of character are they? You know, I might describe a person that I have many disagreements with as, you know, stubborn, ignorant, uh, foolish, and other things, you know. Oh, otherwise, they wouldn't have done this, they wouldn't have done that. I have a particular version of them as a character. And another person who's closer to them or who sees a different side of them or who isn't so triggered by them might see them as a whole different character. Oh, that person, you know, they're very patient, caring, uh, determined. So that same person, you know, you could say they have their objective existence, but no one's really perceiving each other objectively. So I'm, I'm experiencing that person as a particular character. And same thing with history. Like the documentary filmmaker Ken Burns, he has made a lot of films about history, about World War II, about the settling conquest of Turtle Island or North America, United States, um, also Vietnam War and others. And he really makes this point that there is no one history. We have this idea that there's this objective history of what really happened and that's the standard version and, you know, everything else is not so important. But what he likes to do is to take particular characters from the past and highlight their stories, highlight their experiences, their correspondence. He brings them to life with actors, voices, music. And you get, it's like he casts some light on that part of the past with the experience and the perspective of that character. And he never has the pretense of this is the objective history. And he talks about, you know, the big facts that tend to be emphasized in history books about this general did that and this, you know, place was inaugurated on this day and, and so on and so on. But he really looks into the lives of lesser known people as well to see what their story is. And their story sheds this light in the past. So the idea being that there's there's not really an objective view of another person, of another character, if you will. There's not really an objective view of history. I mean, if there is an objective truth, none of us have it because <laughs> we're all seeing it from some perspective. So in this sense, you can think, well, each of us are living in a story, a story being a particular understanding of the past, a particular understanding of other people, of other nations, of what the future might be also, of uh, climate change, of the earth, 
of outer space, of God or a lack of God or many gods, uh, our relationship with different species, each of us are carrying particular fluid conceptions of all of this. So you could say each of us are living in a story. Not in the sense that it's all like made up and we're living in a fantasy, but just that perhaps that is one of the primary ways or perhaps the primary way that we humans understand reality is in the, in the container of story, in the context of, of that. Yeah, so this is, I find quite interesting, perhaps you do as well, hopefully. Uh, and it made me think that story is fluid. So certainly, you know, if you look back on your life, uh, your, your life story, your conception of yourself, your purpose, of other kinds of people in the world, of the other than human world, if you look back 10 years, it might be very different or quite different, at least in certain parts, than it is now. So it's like your, your outlook, your worldview, the container of story in which you internally hold the world, like your inner story that is a working map of the world, is fluid. It changes. And sometimes, you know, something really significant may happen that really changes that story. And other times it changes in bits and pieces over time. So I invite you into a visualization. Imagine yourself. Imagine yourself in the ocean. And the water is very deep. There's currents, different kinds of currents. There's uh, kelp swaying in the currents. Some bubbles here and there, fishes going past. Overhead, there's the sun. Partly cloudy day. And in this ocean, you are swimming. And you're swimming and you're in the body of a giant eel. The kind of eel that this earth may not have seen since prehistoric times. A very large eel. And you're swimming and swaying back and forth and you're feeling your body go this way and that way and this way and that way. And you have your trajectory. You have this place you're going. And this eel is your story. This body is the direction that you're going, your sense of where you are in the world and how you sense things around you. And around you, there's other creatures as well, not as large to your vision as yourself, but they're influencing you by the way that they swim. You know, there's these smaller fish and they're kind of, you know, getting in your way a bit and they adjust the direction that you're going and you're reacting to them. Or you might see a fish that's going in a direction looks like there's food. And so you go in that direction as well. So these other beings around you are influencing the way that you swim, not turning you 90 degrees, 180 degrees necessarily, but you're moving according to the other beings around you. You're, you're, you're influenced by them.
So this can be a metaphor for one's personal story. So, you know, you're going on with a particular conception of the world, of gender, of history, of nations, of ecology, of different kinds of people around the world, of two-spirit people, of different kinds of animals, of whales, conceptions of outer space. What is it all? You know, what is what is the what are all those things? What are those characters? What are those events? A particular inner conception of that. And then these other fish, they come along with different views. So somebody comes along and for example, recently I heard this quite amazing description by a two-spirit person who is describing their encounter with their own soul in mountains, I think, of California. And, you know, while I'm accepting of two-spirit people and, uh, you know, generally pro-two-spirit people in a sort of political sense or personal sense, hearing this, it brought something into my understanding that I didn't have. It's like, oh, a person can be like that. A soul encounter can be like that. So different from my own experience. So it really brought something into my experience that I hadn't had before. Or to hear about how a person lives in a particular part of Africa, for example, or going to India. You know, I went to India on pilgrimage many times, and then I was helping with a school there for underprivileged kids, and I got a sense of, oh, this is, this is how people live in this pilgrimage spot. A lot of people are really struggling. You know, as a pilgrim, I came here and I went to the temples and did these things, but I didn't really know how difficult life is here. And uh, not just difficult, but also wonderful. And, uh, you know, future has possibility and hope and how their culture lives through them and all of that as well. So that their story influenced my own, influenced my own direction. So in this way, our personal stories are fluid. And while they have their own momentum, like a big serpent moving, like a big eel moving through the ocean, they're also influenced so much by others. And this influence can really be a medicine. It can be a way of expanding our understandings. And uh, yeah, bringing us into into broader and more nuanced understandings. So if, you know, I might, for example, uh, I've never been to China. I have a certain a certain conception of China. Well, I did go there in the airport, you know, once in hotel, but I can't say I really saw China. So I have a certain conception of what China is according to the news and people who've been there. But if I actually went there, then the lives of those people there would change my own understanding, not just of China, but of humanity and ecology and myself. Now, just like we have personal stories, we also have cultural stories. And within the larger stories, we swim. So you might say that there is a 
I'm not sure if you'd say a herd of eels. <laughs> Probably herd isn't the right word. Each animal has its own word, don't they? Not a flock of eels either. If somebody out there knows it, let me know. But a group of eels, a family of eels, a community of eels swimming through the ocean together. And each eel is swimming in its own way, but each eel is within that larger group as well. So that might be uh, the story of country, like I am Canadian, I'm American, or whatever it is, that I'm, I'm within that. Or the story of gender, yes, I'm a man, and men are like this, and this is the history of men and the wonderful and terrible things that men have done. Or I'm a woman, and the story of, of women, and a certain understanding of what it means to be a, to be a man, to be a woman, to be a two-spirit person, uh, to be an inhabitant of the earth, a certain understanding, swimming within that, that cultural story. Or I'm a consumer, you know, God forbid, that that's, you know, the beginning end of my personal story. So like a group of eels swimming, going in a particular direction, more or less together, and then sometimes interacting with other groups of eels. So this could be seen as the personal story within the cultural story, within larger stories. And just like our personal stories can be influenced by meeting people or hearing the lives of others who are very different from ourselves, and it can change our story like, oh, that's this, this sort of stereotyped idea I had of this kind of person or this place is now really filled out. You know, it's not just a kind of stock icon in place of the real thing. It's, it's now coming alive, like I'm now interacting with them and it's, it's become real. So just like that can happen on a personal level, it can also happen on a cultural level. That our large cultural stories of, you know, I'm a consumer or white supremacy or, um, you know, humankind's dominion over the earth, uh, the exile of humanity from God, these big cultural ideas that carry out, carry on over thousands of years often, these two can change. And these can change partly because of the influence of other stories. So in the metaphor, you know, the fish are the other stories. And it's not that other stories are really smaller, it's that they're, they're smaller to our experience. So, you know, if I'm an eel, a fish is, is, is seems small. If I, I'm within a particular culture or worldview, I hear another worldview, but it's not going to probably be as big or influential as my prim primary worldview, but it will influence me. And of course, for that people in that worldview, well, that's the, that's what they're swimming. That's, that's the body they're in, so to speak. They're, they're an eel. I don't want to mix up the metaphor too much, but hope you get the idea. So the uh, cultural stories are also very affected by uh, other stories. Like these big stories are also influenced. So, you know, when... Uh, countries start to have more contact with each other. You know, when England has contact with India, you know, historically there wasn't so much contact and then the English went over there, the East Indian Company, and eventually practically took over the country. So there's a lot of contact. And what people might have had some kind of idea of India, but then people go there, then they have a fuller idea of India. And still it might be with the idea of conquest and all the rest of it. 
uh, but it's 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 filled out, and that works on people over time, so that those stereotypes break down, and it's a kind of humanization or a filling out of the other. Uh, same thing with two spirit people, with other than human world. This influence uh, gradually changes the main story and fills it out. So I think we're living in a time where. Because there's so many stories interacting, so many worldviews interacting, uh, you know, if we're open to it, then we can really, really broaden out our perspectives individually and collectively. Uh, which isn't to say, you know, it can be done all at once or that everything out there is, is you know, desirable to take on. Uh, there's some discernment required as to which direction to go. But I wanted to share with you uh, these, this metaphor of the eel and the fish, the individual story of oneself, of yourself, and other stories influencing you, and then, and then to imagine yourself as an eel swimming with a group of eels, that that is your big stories that you're swimming within. And then that there are other groups of eels as well that you cross paths with sometimes and that those other groups of eels influence the direction of the group that you're in. And hey, you might even just leave the group you're in and join another group. <laughs> See how that goes. All right, I'll leave you with that. Thank you for listening. And if you like this, please share it with somebody uh, who you think might like it. Thanks for listening to Story Paths, where we finger threads weaving story with culture. Before we go, I'd like to remind you of my new course, Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas, that is now available on Skillshare. If you're looking for a playful, creative space, this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donoghue, may you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.